0: We speak, nothing is incurable, we know that nothing is impossible, for in his name there are miracles, our God is more than able. No matter what you can through t- today, our God is more than able. I believe that. You can sit if you want, or just speak for a while, sit up there, you're okay, it's up, it's up to you. I know you last week, we prayed for Annette's mom who is fighting for life. She, she's sitting up, the last I heard, she's up in the head, God's at work, and uh, she was fighting, found unconscious, and we're praying, it happens today. We speak life. We speak life. Into these weary bones. We speak life. I'm going to read a short passage from John's Gospel, Chapter 2. I'm reading from the New American Standard. It says, in the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, whatever he says to you, do it. There were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water so they filled them up to the brim and he said to them draw some out now and take it to the head waiter so they took it to him when head waiter tasted the water which had become wine and did not know where it came from but the servants who had drawn the water knew the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him every man serves a good wine first and then when the people have drunk freely then he serves a poorer wine but you have kept the good wine until now this is the beginning of his signs jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him if you've been here we know we are continuing our series on living in the third day i've shared this in two or three times before from this passage but it's appropriate just now this is early on in jesus ministry this is early on in jesus ministry life up to now he we just went about he gathered a few followers because of who he was and because of what he'd been teaching. But now, this is a whole new dimension. This is stepping up to a whole nother level, a whole nother level, whatever you want to call it. This is something significant, this is a change. Something is changing here. There's a wedding taking place, and it's safe to assume at this wedding that Jesus upstaged the bride. Jesus, can he, took away from the bride and you know, Uh, It's good to invite Jesus to weddings, but not just weddings, it's good to have Jesus in your marriage. Don't just bring him into your wedding day, bring him into your marriage and let him upstage it. And you know what, when the wedding, Mary's Supper, of the Lamb comes, he will still upstage the bride as well in the future. But in this story here, and it might have been a a relative's wedding because his mother was there already, but we don't know that. It's not specific. You can have as much conjecture as you like, but if God wanted us to know exactly, then he'd have told us. But there's some lessons to learn from this before we get to what I'm saying at the end. Lesson number one is when you get Jesus, you get his disciples. When you get Jesus in your life and you invite Jesus in and you get Jesus, you also get his disciples. He was invited and so were his disciples. Jesus came with the disciples. You know what? It's great. To have Jesus at your marriage. It's great to have Jesus in your home. It's great to have Jesus in your life. He's awesome. He's magnificent. He's omnipotent. He's all merciful. He's all loving. He, he's gracious. He's merciful. He's just. He's, he's incredibly uh, kind and, and for us. He'll never fail us. He'll always be there for us. He's faithful. He's, a, he's just the best. He's just the best. It is incredible. If you have not had Jesus in your life, you are missing out on the the best thing that could ever happen to you in life, in this life. Jesus is the greatest person. He's 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 above all, He's he's just everything. And to have him in your life is just awesome. It's magnificent. However, you don't get him yourself. Disciples join in. You get Jesus, you get disciples. You get his other followers in your world. Because Jesus came and the disciples come too. That is how God intended it. For us to connect with one another. To connect with each other. It's not just Jesus and me. You can have as much sentimental songs about it as Jesus and me. It's not just Jesus and you. It's Jesus and his disciples and you. He wants us to connect to local church. But there's blessings in that. The reality is Jesus is infallible and he's all perfect. There's not a blemish about anything to do with Jesus. However, some of his disciples are not quite there yet. But it's still better having them in your life than not having them in your life. We're still called because the Bible says in Romans 12, Kathy quoted a bit, it says, can we rejoice with those who are rejoicing? We're weep with those or we can cry with those who are crying. But we are meant to be together splendid isolation is not God's plan first Corinthians 12 says that we have to care members should care for one another we're called to care for one another we're called to be for one another we're called to meet together grow together serve together to get connect together encourage together worship together cry together laugh together we are meant to be together we meant when Jesus comes in, it's not about you and Jesus and staying away from everybody else. That's not what Jesus intended. Jesus comes, he comes with his disciples also. They're there for us as well. That doesn't mean to say everything is hunky dory. It's not it's great to come into a family in a Walton style, nicey nice, good night, Mary Ellen, good night John Boy, and everything is okay. There are flaws in church family, but it's still better together. Ephesians 4 says, make every effort to keep the unity. Sometimes you have to fight, but you fight to love one another, to forgive one another, to be with one another. But that's what God intended. Ecclesiastes says this, 4, nine: Two people are better off than one, for they can help one another succeed. Do you want to succeed? Well, get connected. It goes on to say this: a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. I want us to be conquerors. And you can say, oh, I'm more than a conquering Jesus. But I want to tell you, if you don't connect and have other people in your life, then your conquering that you think you have is not going to manifest in reality. Because your conquering is in Jesus working together. Where one, it says two of you can put, a ten can put a hundred, uh, sorry, five can put, it says five can change uh, chase a hundred. Leviticus says, but a hundred can chase ten thousand I, you can do more when you're together and connected together. And you invite Jesus in, wonderful, but I'll take in the disciples. Flaws and all, because the reality is you're also flawed. But people want to embrace you, and we need to connect together. Synergy was God's idea. Synergy was God's idea when two together can do more together than they can do in their individual parts made up. You get Jesus, you get his disciples, lesson one. Listen to, you need to listen to this one a bit more carefully. You get Jesus, you get problems. If I read this story now, some of you have not listened now. Listen carefully to what happens. That doesn't mean you say don't listen to the rest of it. Listen to it carefully to what I mean. If you look at this story here, everything was going okay till Jesus came. And that's when the, the problems started, when Jesus came. But listen, you get Jesus, you get problems you don't get Jesus, you still got problems. you got problems. One way or another, you've got problems. Problems come in life. Jesus arrived on the scene and problems came. Jesus, and I've heard some dodgy theology and teaching, you invite Jesus into your life and everything is perfect. All your problems are over. If you've heard that teaching, let me just say kindly, it's rubbish. Okay? Jesus says, in the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have problems. You're going to have hassle. Bad stuff's going to happen to good people on this planet. He says, but take courage. Take heart. With me, you're okay because I've overcome the world. You're going to get it, but I've overcome the world. And as long as you've got me and you connect together, hey, we can make it. We can come through this stuff. Life is not always, well, some they say it's not always a bed of roses. Well, it is, because roses have thorns. Not every rose, I've checked it, Jim, in case she came and corrected me, but most roses have thorns. Okay, and there's beauty at the top, but there's a bit of thorns along the way to see the taunt. Life is not always honky-dory, but it's still wonderful, and it's better with Jesus in your life. And here, what was the problem? Basically, the wine ran out. That which was invigorating, that which was excitement, that which was the life given of zest and of something they were looking to enjoy and it was what they were looking for at the party, it ran out. There was a problem. And you know, the stuff that we look to to supply all that we need in life, there's a day coming when it'll run out. There's a day when it'll be a problem. There's a day when that uh, relationship might break up. There's a day when health health might come to you. There's a day when you might lose your job. There's a day when something might happen that you didn't foresee happening. And there's a problem comes into your world. Do you know what? That's when you really need, you need Jesus all the time. But thank God when these issues come, when you've got Jesus in your world, there is not such a thing as hopelessness. There is life. There's something great about having Jesus, particularly in difficulties. John Newton, it was, who wrote, it says, Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. It grace that brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us home i.e. I met Jesus Christ, but I've suffered a whole bunch of problems, but you know what? His grace has brought me through those problems, and His grace which brought me here is going to sustain me for the rest of my life. His grace is sufficient. His grace is more than enough for whatever you need. You need His grace in, his, in your life. That's what John Newton says, and it's our experience as well. And here we get to a place where there's a wee problem. We've run out of wine here at this wedding. Then Mary says, well, I know someone who can help. You know, we've got people in our world who the wine, so to speak, is running out in their life. And we're honest, we don't always have the answer. But I want to tell you, I know a God who does. I know a God who is the answer. (laughs) Jesus is the answer. You get Jesus' You get his disciples. You get Jesus, you get problems. But problems with Jesus is better than problems without Jesus. And then Mary and Jesus have a bit of a discussion. And when he's saying, women, what's that to do with you? If you look at it, it wasn't a disrespectful tone. It's the same word he used in the cross for John. "Woman, here's your son, and all the rest of it. But he's basically saying to her, you know what? It's no my time for that to be fulfilled. It's not my time for the full manifestation of who I am and my redemptive plan. But if you look at it, Jesus still changed something here. It was still a different day, but there was a test of obedience. He was moving into a new area of ministry there. He's moving into a new direction. There's a sense in which he says, my role in life now is not what you're telling me to do, it's what Father God's telling me to do. And John, basically Jesus says, I only say the things that are pleasing to my Father, and I only do the things that my Father tells me to do. Now, what would life be like if we only said what God told us to say? How much better would your life be and my life be? Particularly my life, because I've, no, I don't mean that. But Jesus says, There's a test of obedience. You know, you get Jesus, you get tested in your obedience. You get tested in your obedience. And if you look at this story here, there's a test in their obedience. Jesus, God, whatever you want to say, tests us in obedience. And a lot of times we get tested in our obedience. And the scripture has two numerous examples. But I'm convinced that blessings come from obedience. Noah, build a boat. What? What, are you talk, what do I need a boat for? Who needs a boat? We've, no, we've never needed a boat before. Why do we need a boat? He could have said, but no, he built a boat. And I tell you, the day came when that boat was, a great, was the only thing afloat on planet Earth in that boat because of his obedience blessing. Moses, put your hand out over the sea. That will split. What? Don't know about that. Just do it, Moses. That could have been the conversation, but in obedience, the blessing came. There's a widow in Zarephath. All I've got is a bit of food here for me. And the prophet says, make me first. And because she did obedience to what God had said through the prophet, Enough to last until the famine was over. Naming go and dip seven times a journey. Not sure, but when he did, he was healed. Joshua, I want you six days to march around this place once, then I want you to march seven times. That seems stupid, God. I'm a soldier, I'm a general, I'm a governor. That is not a tactic I've read in history that works. But in obedience, the blessing came. What is God saying to you? Is God speaking to you this morning? You get Jesus, you get tested, because some of the things he says to you, sometimes they don't make sense. But in faith, you do them. There's an incredible chapter in 1 Samuel 15. God told Saul, go and destroy Amalek and everything he's got, people, animals as well, ox, sheep, camels, cats, dogs, budgies, whatever he's got. That's my Amplified version. He killed some, but spared some good stuff. And then when the prophet confronted him, him Saul, you kept some stuff. And when again, we'll there's a whole preaching there. And Saul says, I kept the good stuff to sacrifice to God. I kept the good stuff to make a sacrifice, a great sacrifice, a great worship, a great thing to God. And Samuel said this listen, Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than the sacrifice. Also says this rebellion is as severe as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness, arrogance, presumption defiance as bad as worshiping idols. So God's rejected you because you rejected him. I God was saying this to him. I don't care how good you look in a worship service. I don't care how good you're looking when you're serving. I don't care how much you think. Well, look at me and I'm giving you giving you this. God says, "I'm looking at your heart, and I'm looking for hearts of obedience that I can bless. And it's not about what you show is or what you try to do; it's about you being obedient to what God's called you to do. And it's not about the show; it's about obedience, and blessing comes from the obedience. And I love this story here. I love the attitude of this of these guys here. God, Jesus tested them. Go and fill the water pots." and we water. Okay, now they could have thought, what's going on? They could have said, I'm not sure about this. Okay, they've maybe drunk a lot, but you know what? They're still gonna tell that this is water and no wine. Uh, the bride's is not going to be happy. The bride's father's not going to be happy. The guests are not going to be happy. And they're going to look at us because it's us that's bringing it. It's okay for Jesus to say, go and fill the water bars, but we're bringing them. People are not going to be happy with us here. This could go badly wrong. This doesn't look as if it's going to end well for us. We're not sure about this. Because bear in mind, just going to let off on us, bear in mind, up to this point, Jesus hadn't done anything miracle-wise, sins-wise. It's not as if he had a track record here that they said, oh, it's okay, it's going to be all right. This was just Jesus' appearance and says, Go and fill these water pots with water. Uh, the guy that run out of wine, go and fill the water pots with water. And honestly, put yourself in that position. And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 steady on here. Uh, we're going to lose our jobs. We might lose our head. Anything bad could happen here. But you know what? You know what it says? It says, they went and they filled them to the brim. I thought that was incredible. He says, we're not, we're not sure what's going on here. I'm not entirely sure that, what he's going to do here. But you know what? There's just something in me that says, whatever he's going to do, I want as much as I can get from what he's doing. I don't want just a half answer to prayer. I want a full answer to prayer. Because listen, you get Jesus, you get his disciples. You get Jesus, you get problems. You get Jesus, you get tested in your obedience. But point number four, you get Jesus, you get miracles in your life. You get miracles in your life because Jesus said, listen, this is different. This is a paraphrase version of what's going on here. Jesus is showing, is identifying, this is on the third day there was a wedding of Cana and Galilee just saying this is a new day my full time of redemption plan in Calvary is not there yet but this is a new day I'm stepping into a new dimension and I'm declaring this is a new day this is a day of miracles the miracle worker has appeared on planet earth this is a new day, this is the third day and I'm declaring the third day is a day of miracles because the miracle workers is appearing on the third day there's a day of miracles here and I'm a miracle worker and these guys have an attitude of what I don't know what's going on. I don't know what he's going to do. I'm not sure, but everything's going to happen. But you know what? I'm in for the big call. I want as much as I can get. This guy might just be able to do something to help them and help us. And if he's the man who can do it, I want as much as I can get from him. And we believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. And we continue to pray. And I want to tell you, I'm praying. And I'm not giving up in prayer. And I'm praying. And I want love answers to prayer. But I'm praying for people until there's a full recovery. Until there's a full miracle. We believe in prayer. Margaret has come up with an idea who's running our prayer stuff uh, for the past few years. A great, mighty prayer warrior and intercessor group. And I thank God for those who are praying on a Wednesday and a Friday and every other day of the week. Because God does something when prayers get made and we have a box out the front of two boxes, well one of you have got a prayer request, don't be shy, you need prayer we need prayer. We need as many people praying for things as possible. Put your prayer slip at the asthma desk and put it in the prayer box. But we're asking this as well. There's also a praise box for when you get the answer to prayer, put the answer in the praise box because we want to be a church which celebrates and believing for answered prayers and believing for miracles and believing for healings and believing for provisions and believing for God to do great things. I'm believing this is a year of breakthrough, of provision, of healings beyond anything else. This is a day where miracles are taking place. This is a day of mighty healings and mighty miracles. I believe it because we need to rise up and say this is a day. This is the third day we're living in and we believe the third day is a miracle day. It's a day of miracles. And those guys could have spoke doubt. They could have spoke fear. But no, they were people who going to speak live. We are speaking life into this situation. We speak live. We're not speaking doubt. We're not speaking fear. We are speaking. Now that's not stupid. We acknowledge your reality. Kathy's been diagnosed with breast cancer. Tomorrow she goes in to get that breast removed. They're hopeful it's contained in the breast, and we're speaking life that it's contained in the breast. We're speaking life over her. We're speaking life. We're speaking healing. We're speaking health. I'm speaking over Kathy daily. Your best days are ahead of you. God, still get great things for you. Lives are going to be ministered to through you. I'm speaking life. Excuse me for getting emotional. Forgive you if you think I've got a problem. Jesus could have said, you know what, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open blind eyes. I'm going to make dumb talk. I'm going to open deaf ears. I'm even going to raise the dead, not become the resurrection of life, but just because I simply am the resurrection of life. You ain't seen nothing yet, but I'm going to start today by declaring it's a new day, and it is a day of miracles. The band are coming up in a moment or two. These are not all my notes I'm saying, but hey, that's okay. I believe God's sharing what God wants to share this morning. You know what I also love, they done it and I'm one, I want everyone, I want prayers full to the brim, answers to prayer. Thank God for partial healing, but I'm Lord, complete, heal. I believe for miracles. What that is you don't really want miracles in your life because that means you need a miracle, but I believe as a group and as a collective body of Christ, we need miracles in the house. And we need to be people who together pray and encourage one another and speak life over one another. Speak healing, speak health, speak miracles. You know what? I love what happened here. There's a bit of debate and eventually got to. Hegemon says, this is a bit different. This is normally you give the good stuff first and get rubbish at the end. This is, you've kept the best till now. Now, I know some people call it the best till last. That's not what it says. This is it's the best till now. We live in is the best. I believe always and next day, tomorrow's now will be better than today's now because the best is always better and better, but we live. And look, listen, I thank God for God. I thank God for stories of the past. I really do. I thank God. And I've seen God in my family moving, healing power in incredible ways. Uh, my, my, my mom, sister, young sister died of asthma. And I thought as a my mom was as bad, if not worse than her. But God healed my mum of asthma. In for first forty years of her life, plus she, uh, forty plus years of life, she'd never had one asthma attacked, attack. And doctors were amazed at what happened to her. Okay, I was told once in a hospital bed with my dad that he wasn't going to see the night, basically. There was no point moving him to Southern General because there was no point. It wasn't going to last the night. But God raised him up. He had a subarachnoid hemorrhage once, and the doctor says we don't understand what's happened, but it's not there anymore. Okay, and, uh, we speak for life and faith. Is well, we can't say that because we don't believe. But what we can say is we've got no medical explanation for what's happened. Okay, I've seen my sister who couldn't talk for a while. That was great, but then, <laughs> then she get prayed for. <laughs> she started speaking again. She hasn't shut up since. Not <laughs> I don't understand everything about God, but I believe He heals. I believe sometimes He can bring you through things. He can deliver you out of things, deliver you out of things, but He's with you. When I was about 10, I spent my whole P7 off school for a lot. I got a disease so to speak. Um, it could have led to a lot worse. Ended up in hospital for four weeks. ruin my football career, that I never had anyway. But, but listen, this is to help some people, because realize, I went through stuff, and I was four weeks in the hospital, they'd done the operation, I get prayed for a number of times, when they'd done their operation, they conclude, when they went to do the operation, say said, it's healed, we didn't need to do it. And I thought, well, why did you? Because you know I've looked at it before you done that. Why did that happen? I believe God was redirected in the steps of my life and he was at work in me, but I still had to go through some stuff for some greater purpose that he had for my life. And I don't mean this as, remar- well, I do mean it. I believe if that had to have happened, I maybe wouldn't be standing here in front of you today because my life might have been doing, consumed with other things. Because sometimes we go through things and say, what on earth is that about? God's still at work performing His healing and His miraculous power in our lives. Even stuff we don't understand, sometimes we get through it. But He's at work in our lives. This was a new day. It was a third day. It was a day of miracles. As a church, we need to rise up and believe for miracles. It's a day for believing for miracles. I believe the enemies throwing as much as he can at us because he knows we're on the edge of a day of miracles and provision and healing and restoration and And whatever revival means to you, it's a difficult word, to be honest, with different people, mean different things, but I believe there's hundreds coming. I believe that Darwin's, he won't need to come up in the balcony. I believe God will heal him from his fear of heights and he'll bump in the balcony. (laughs) But I believe that the people come, but I believe it's a day of miracles. You get Jesus. You get his disciples. Ban, please come up. You get Jesus, you get problems. You get Jesus, you get tests in your obedience. But you get Jesus, you get miracles. You get Jesus, he gets the glory. He says, Jesus did this and he manifested and demonstrated his glory. And whatever God does, it's for the glory of God. And it's always for the glory of God. You know, Peter and John, Acts chapter 3, healed a blind man, uh, sorry, a lame man once. And they coming to him and said, look on us. We've got the answer for you. We've got the answer that you need. We don't have any money, but money's not what you need. Because sometimes we pray for people for what we think they need, when it's not what they need. And some people ask for prayer for things that they think they need, but that's not what they need. Because God knows what they need is. And then they say this, look on us. Look at us, we're gonna pray and believe God for a miracle to take place, for healing to take place. And the lame man got up and then they were questioned about it and said, that was a great thing you guys done. We're not happy about it, but that was a great thing. And the response was, what do you mean it wasn't yours? It was, it was the name of Jesus. It was faith in his name and it's Jesus had done it, not us. Because he has to get the glory. And when healings and miracles take place in our life, let's make sure he gets the glory. Can we stand? We're gonna speak life. We sing that again? We speak life. If you want us to pray for you this morning, just come out. What we can do is we're gonna speak life over you. We speak life into these weary bones. Whatever your situation, it might not be healing. You might, you might need some other miracle, but I'm believing the third day, living the third day, is living in the miraculous. It's living in the supernatural. Jesus, on the third day, declared this is a new day. It's a day of miracles. The miracle worker is here. Now believe the miracle is here. You might need a miracle in your life. Just come out to the front, we're gonna pray. We're gonna speak life. Don't speak doubt don't speak fear speak life we speak power in the name of Jesus nothing is impossible nothing is impossible do you believe that yes you might be great you might not need a miracle you thank God and thank God that you're okay but we're saying our God is more than able he is more than able we speak life. we speak healing, we speak provision, we speak strength, we speak restoration. we speak life right now in the name of Jesus and we're going to pray for these people as we worship God beautiful. Jesus cure babushara Jesus capable cure babushara babonda please we speak strengthen them these weary bones